Today, we will be interviewing Cortez, ladies and gentlemen. That is exactly what's happening. It is a super big pleasure to have you here. My name is Hoda Stefan Roy, and with me today is Mr. Flacco Bayo, a.k.a. Dutch Vega, who will be making sure that everything is proper, and he brings all that insight and knowledge to the table as we make our efforts to bridge the gap. So welcome, Mr. Cortez, to Bridging the Gap, where basically our mission is to take very smart and interesting people like you, talk a little bit about your life, and through your life, learn a little bit about your accomplishments and extract some knowledge nuggets for um, everyone to learn from. And uh, it's truly a pleasure to have you here. I discovered who you were along the way of working with Dutch. So in my realms, it's, mm -hmm. it's very recent research to see what you're about. But I did watch this fascinating video on what you perceive to be a legend. And based on your own definitions, a legend, it's fair to say you're a legend in this thing because people bring up Appreciate your name that. and it's proper and it's said. And then, yo, I actually watched this Dutch battle back in like 2010 and you were used oh, in the really? battle against him. And I was like, yo, Cortez is that significant, that long ago, that big of a thing. And I was like, that's some seriousness right there. All right, so that's why it's such a pleasure to have you here. Sorry about that. I didn't, I didn't even tell him I'm going to say that. I just rolled with it. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I got washed in that battle. He brought that up, and I'm like, bro, don't watch that. Like, rhetoric washed me that day. Another conversation for another day. That's funny. But it's great to have Welcome you here. Cortez. Pleasure to see you, bro. Haven't seen you in a second, but pleasure to see you. Uh, man, you too, man. Everybody, man. You know what I mean? It's been a crazy, you know, crazy, crazy last year. So it's like, you know, to see familiar faces and seeing everybody still working, that's a dope thing. That's amazing. Facts, facts, facts. And I believe you just battled recently, so you're still working, and that's a dope thing too. Yeah, I just battled on Saturday. I battled Quest for Cody. That's amazing. Uh, on URL, that was his debut on there, so it was pretty dope. You know, two veterans, I gave him the good look. He did his thing. You know, it's a great battle. You know, I mean, it's out on the app already, so, you know, working, always working. That's amazing. Always working. So I do have, a, I know we have a, a limited amount of time today, but I do have a little token first question I ask everybody, and I really want to hear your answer to, especially given how active, it, you know, to me, longevity in the game is very fascinating. Anybody that can pull that off is a, is a legend. And I say that sincerely. So that's why my first question, I'm, I'm really interested in it. So it's a bit of a story. If you bear with me when it lands and everything, it's going to make a lot of sense. So it all starts with my girlfriend washing dishes one time. And she's like listening to that Black Eyed Peas song that, that like, I got a feeling, woo, whatever. And that shit, she's vibing, she's dancing. And I'm like, yo, I remember how back in the day we were in the clubs real drunk dancing around to that music. And it was the club ambiance and it was the vibe of the day. And now today it is the vibe of like, you know, chores and exercise and all these other moments. And I thought it was interesting how like the vibes of music kind of change over time like that. And with that, I thought it was kind of funny how a lot of these club songs today are really just going to be the chore music of tomorrow. But then when I thought about that, it means like music is kind of weird in the way that it moves in time. But it made me realize too that a lot of us in music, when we think about our journeys, we start kind of late in the process, somewhere in the puberties when we get attached to it and we start running with it. But really the yeah. process starts like a lot earlier. 
like when we're real young. Like I can think back to how my soundtrack of my life had my dad playing this Led Zeppelins and the rocks and these tapes on these fucking speakers and it just kind of created a vibe there. And my mom had these shitty disco knockoff tapes that she would play. There was a lot of tapes in my house and the radio and whatever that was on at the time. Or in Ricardo, different vibes. It was always Krista Berg or some other soft rock shit or whatever. And it really made me realize that this, this was like the real foundation of all of my musical journey to come. So if we're going to do your story any justice, I think that we need to start there with a little five-year-old Cortez, whatever the age may be. Can you walk us a little bit through your musical landscape as a youth, the technologies, the sounds, what it was like before you had any control of it? Well, um, growing up, um, my mother was like a salsa dance hall queen. So in the house, she's doing her hair. She's putting her makeup. She's getting ready for work. She's getting ready to take me to school early in the morning. Spanish music is playing, salsa, merengue, classic stuff. You understand? And and you got to understand also, I didn't know Spanish as a child, but I knew all the songs. I knew all the cadences. I understood the melodies, you know, and that was a big influence, especially when I went to Puerto Rico, visit family, and I hear that, that cultural music, those melodies, those sounds, those topics are heavy into my musical influence. Now I get about seven, eight years old. I meet my stepfather. He moves in with us and he loved classic rock. He's Spanish, but he loved classic rock. He loved Elvis, the Beatles. You know, we would listen to WBLS and we would listen to uh, the oldies, you know, every time we in the car. So, you know, me and my little brother sit in the back of the car. If mommy's driving, we hearing all the Spanish stuff. Uh, La Mega, and if if if, if my step pops is driving, we listen to fifties and sixties and and seventies music, you know. So it was like, oh okay, you know. So I got a huge, huge like ear for music before I even thought about rapping. Then when I get into my teens, yeah. Before we yeah, get like into said, before we get into your teens, uh, where are you born? Where are you from? Brooklyn. That's amazing. Brooklyn, New York. I, I saw, so you basically come from there and that's most of where you reside in your life. And I'm just asking because yeah. I know we have to go yeah. a bit more rush so it'll be a little less organic than normal. So bear with me. Part of that. Brooklyn. Yeah. Best stop or the way. Oh, okay. that's cool. There we go. That's cool. Yo, you one know, other... this is very important. Neighborhoods in New York, like in New York City, like for general outside of New York City people, they hear, they want to hear what borough. Yeah. That's yeah. all that they really know. Yeah. Know. yeah. So but yeah, for us, even we want to like so, certain neighborhoods. Yeah, what neighborhood you're from? Because and, certain neighborhoods have a reputation, and his neighborhood, I know his neighborhood, and so I want him to say it because I know that there's gonna be a lot of people from Myrtle Ave that uh, uh, will appreciate. Well, it's even know? beyond that. Like I was curious to go a little more too because like. You know, part of why we call this bridge the gap is because, like, there's this thing that happens when I talk to people from New York City where, like, um, y'all say stuff like, nah, I mean. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but oftentimes I do not know what you mean because I've never been there and I don't understand a lot of the context for, for this, right? So it's almost like our opportunity here is to expand on some of those things. Like, I think bed is where Biggie's from, if I'm not mistaken, or it's that could be right or could be wrong. I don't know. It's a name that just makes me think of Biggie. So that makes you right. like that's kinda... the that's 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 the thing about it. I grew up in that era. Marcy Projects is five blocks this way. 
Biggie's block is seven blocks this way. Fort Greene is to the right of me, and then to to south down is whole Williamsburg, uh, Bushwick area. So it was like, like we was the hub. Like I was the center. Like I got to hear everything. You know, all the Biggie stuff that was going on, all the Jay Z Rockefeller. Like like I was around as they were coming up as a kid. You was outside. Yo, literally, outside. that's that's like so cool. I remember, I remember I remember playing in the park one time. And we playing ball and Bleak is on the court with us and no one knows who Bleak is. We just hooping. And then and then two, three years later I see him rapping. I'm like, oh shit. I remember we played ball with that nigga one time in in in, in a like you get what I'm saying? Things like that. I remember Mace coming to the to the hood for Biggie Day and, and it's a park. And one of my little kids in the hood, my little man, we the, he used to he was nice. Him and his brother was like five and six years old, but they was nice and ball. And He's dribbling the ball and Mace is playing with him and he made Mace like his chain fall or some shit and everyone in the park was like, oh, it's crazy. Like I was around for things like that, you know? And it's like, that's that dope. Hold that up, though. The essence. Yeah, that is amazing. Hold up. We can break there. down a couple things in there real quick, Cortez. Like, uh, what you're saying, right, is that you saw Mace. Get uh get crossed up, and the reason that that actually is a thing that would be relevant to why he's saying it is because Mace was a great basketball player. Like he was really good at playing mm. basketball. He, like he, him, him and Cam were like they they felt like they could have went pro. They would have you know just stuck yeah. with it, you know. Right. And they were they were really good. So like to see a really good basketball player. And it's yeah. in the hood. Mace was the hottest thing going. You know what I mean? Big had passed. That was like the first or the second annual Biggie Day. Mace was the man. Oh, hold up. What's a Biggie Day? I know this might seem weird to you, but I literally didn't know there was a Biggie Day. Hold on. Where are you from? I'm from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Oh, so y'all say A? A. I do say A, a. quite a bit. So a? It's, 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 it's a okay. real stereotype and it's valid. It's a valid one. Yeah. That's valid. no. A, a is not me. It is. Yeah, I, and it really is. And then I, I catch myself doing it too sometimes. And I, I uh, <laughs> yo, I started saying that. Nah, I mean, for real, since I started doing this conversation thing with people, <laughs> uh, I catch myself. But honestly, part of why we're doing this is because there's a lot of people like me that don't know a lot of things that are inherent to you, and it helps us all kind of appreciate the culture more and some things that are super significant. So it's like a, a we call them knowledge nuggets. You know, just to learn mm -hmm. there's a biggie day and what that means and that that happened after and that's a way to celebrate people and things like went on. Like, that's kind of really hard to Google stuff. Yeah, none of this information is on Wikipedia, not me, bro. <laughs> none of it. None of it. None of it. But yeah, a biggie yeah, day biggie is, day. biggie day was when biggie passed away, uh, there always was a tournament on, there used to be a barbecue on his block, St. James. And uh, the park around the corner uh, was on Lefferts, and what what they would do is just have a light nice barbecue in the summer, you know, and everybody would wear you know bad boy stuff or print up Biggie shirt, you know what I mean, like a like a thing, like a remembrance on the block. And when they would have that, they would have tournament, like you know the basketball tournament. They would have like a special game, mm. so all the ball players would be there, all the rappers would be there. It's like a block party type of thing, you know. I do. Hey? I've seen that shit before, but yo, it's super cool to see that that was a thing that would happen. 
like for you again it might be inherent but for me it's like some i'm learning about this for the first time because you're telling me it's happening kind of thing so it's really fresh yeah. and i appreciate that um no doubt nah so um when do you like decide to get into music is it during your teenage years that you decide like you hit adolescence and you start to become a little more fascinated by music or like are you super young and into the idea of getting into music at that point um no i i, I don't you know i really can't tell you exactly how like i went from listening to music to creating music but what i do know is i would memorize all the songs Mm. All the songs that was the top 10 that was on Hot 97, I would have a tape. I'd be playing my video games and I'd be recording it on the tape. And then I would just memorize the songs. I would just know the songs. And then from there, I understood cadence. I understood rapping because I could, you know, I could just recite the verse. But when doing that, you know, when we cracking jokes on the block and stuff like that, I would take certain lyrics and switch it to my own. You know what I mean? Like to crack a joke or something. And, 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 you know, everyone would catch on because they would know what song is from. You know what I'm saying? But, like, little shit like that, it, that's what really, like, made me, like, toy with it a little bit. You know? And then once, one Christmas, my cousin Canton got a karaoke machine. Mm. And he lived downstairs from me. It was, like, karaoke machine. You could just record with little beats. We just kept playing with that shit. Next thing you know, bro, that shit just, it just took, we all just started just fucking with it and rapping, rapping. And then, you know, it was just different. Like, we really started from a karaoke machine. No, but that's really cool, though. And that's one of the things I like about hearing this part of people's lives is because you hear these really ingenious ways of working around the obstacles that normally would face people to get, like, what ends up being really valuable experience. Working on a karaoke machine means you kind of have to get good to sound good, right? Like you, you don't get yeah. like a Pro Tools fixing you up on the fly, so you think you sound good. Oh, sound nah. good. <laughs> we would be going into the sound, right? <laughs> that was crazy. Like even thinking about it now, like that process, like we was like, yo, we really was doing that. Mm. That's that's the second time that that or third time I think that this gets yeah. mentioned on the show. It this gets is mentioned. a continue. This is a continual thing that, you know what I mean? So it like shows a karaoke that, machine? Yeah, you're not the well, first. Yeah, well, yeah, well, not not uh, memorizing lyrics of the songs no, that both, are on the radio so, and changing the lyrics of the songs. also the karaoke machine. Of, I've heard that before, well, too. So well, maybe it well, wasn't, uh, I don't remember who it was, but I know I've heard both of those things before. So to me, it's super interesting because the karaoke machine is genius. There's probably people right now that have karaoke gear at home that could literally start recording nice. today when they hear somebody like you say, yo, I started like that. So that's why it's exactly. blessed as fuck to me. But also the memorizing other people's tracks thing is cool because yo, it yo on many levels, it helps with your flows and da-da-da-da-da's. But yeah. the fact that you effectively created parody music by accident based on a crowd reaction is super nifty as well. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. It's, it's literally what the genre is called, parodies. And uh, yeah. you were just kind of making street parodies of your shits. And that's actually fucking cool. That's not the kind of stuff that I think everybody's just jumping into as an adolescent, you know? So, like, or I'm assuming around then. So that's fucking fresh. Plus, you got all the culture going on around you. Is that, like, a big influence around you seeing other people doing it? Like, are you involved in that world where I understand people are literally battling in the streets and stuff? So are you, like, witnessing this transpire? Not, not that early on. 
But once I started getting a little bold and feeling a little confident with my lyrics and people in the hood was receptive to little freestyles and stuff. Now those freestyles and stuff that we had, I knew those verses like the back of my head. Mm. So when someone would tell me they rap, or where I rap too, and I would just end up spitting those verses. And it got to a point where like those verses were always better than the other person's verses. And that was like kind of giving me a boost. And uh, one time there was a there's a club called Overtime on Myrtle and Steuben. It was a small club right next to the White Castle. And me and all of us, we in the hood and we just bum rushed it. We was like, yo, they got some little showcase in there. We bum rushing that shit. We was all underage. You know, it's a lounge, but they couldn't do nothing because we ran the hood. Dude that's on there, dude on stage, he's rapping. Niggas gas me. Yo, call, son. Yo, go take the mic from that nigga, son. Yo, he ain't. Son, son, come on, call, son. We got you. They hyped me up. I went up there, took the mic from dude, and just started rapping. Shook the building, though. And then from there, the dude, uh, uh, some dude that was in there took me and was like, yo, man, like, I think you talented. Who are you? Boom. Took my information, still, you know, started bringing me up more to industry stuff and invite me to, like, this magazine release he was doing. And it was just things like that. Then I started realizing, like, yo, you know what? There's some opportunity here. Let me start taking it a little bit more serious, you know? Yeah. And then I started, like, booking studio time and, and, and going into the studios. And a lot of people that tell you, like, I was all over the circuit. I recorded everywhere. Any studio I could get my hands on, that's where my money went. Mm. See, that was Which like, is smart, by the way. Yo, but smart. that's super interesting. I do want to touch on that, but I also also want to commend you. That is fascinating. That the start of your story is, I snatched the mic quite literally from somebody else, stole the show, and shut the house down. You know how I know? Because yeah. you got invited to shit after. There's no way that you didn't do some. Because that's bold. Who? Do, that's not something people can just do. You know. Yo, if I tried to go snatch some mic, I might get boxed in the face is the truth of the situation, even if I was nice with it. That's yeah. some shit that you pulled off that is fucking cool. Even Sometimes you got to take those risks. Because it doesn't sound like it was like mean. It just sounds like you did some hip-hop shit. Nah, we was just cocky. We was confident. And we was, and we was just on our bully. It was our block. Like, oh, they got a showcase? Nigga, nigga we rap. You know what I'm saying? That was the, that was the vibe. But it worked, which is very frank. New York. But it's also just interesting that regardless to what people may think of the move, it worked. And that's the really yeah. important lesson is that things that work work for reasons. And maybe there's something to that that's extractable that we can apply to our own lives to be bolder in a situation. Like if I understand what makes 50 Cent brilliant is his fearlessness. And that sounds like a fearless move to me. Yep. Um, let's say like, so... With the studios, you go all over. Is there is that a strategic move, or is that like just what? Because it, it sounds strategic if you think of it in hindsight. It was I, I was really a fiend. I would say that like I was a fiend where it was like I wanted to be in the studio a lot, and I wanted to learn beats and I wanted to rap and I I wanted to really be involved. So it was like there was certain studios. I used to go up to Nate Reed Avenue in the Bronx on the two train. And I used to have a 7, 8 in the morning session. That's the, almost the second to last stop on the two train, local. Yeah. And go from New Brooklyn to there, that takes about an hour and a half. 
He's I essentially saying bitch. what Dama said, which was like he's going from really far in Brooklyn all the way to like the most furthest point in the Bronx, and that's really really far. So like you know, yeah, all like right. I would be, I would take my book out on the train and be writing my verses while I'm on the train going to the studio. I would get on the bus and have my book on the bus. Yeah, and be writing on the bus to work, uh, to school, whatever it was. Like I was just like, like niggas knew I rap. It was, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, like I was on it like that. Even when I go to the hood and I'm chilling on the block and we all drinking or we chilling or we had a dice game, I always had a little pad in my back pocket. Always wrote little bars down. Mm. You know, like, like I was really on that time like that. So, like, if I had a studio uh, uh, a situation or oh, all the way up there, I right, boom, I'm gonna go. I would go. I used to record on 116 for my guy French. Um, um, he was one of the first people that gave me like original beats. I would go there. I would go to Queens. I would go to to to, to all the studios in Brooklyn. I went. To. You know, I went to Manhattan a couple times. I went to a Wu Tang session with like all them. Wu syndicate dudes and I was just a kid like like 16 and then nobody knew who I was I was just with my man just smoking in there and just just being around like you know what I mean like like I was just soaking up game and I felt like you know then I then I would learn those things and I would bring it back to the hood and I would I would tell my whole clique I'd be like yo look I met this studio guy that I we could go record here or we could go record here and you know and you know it helped us because we really I always knew our personalities and our characters stood out. Right? I, pardon me. That was a phone call. I always knew our, our, our characters and our personalities stood out. So I knew that once we got into buildings or got into spaces, people were going to remember us. Right. And then from there, you know, like that that helped us, our confidence, because we just knew like, yo, we, we kind of stand out. You so. know what I mean? So I like that you keep saying we. That's fascinating. There's some people that like to say I a lot, and you're saying we a lot already at this point. Who's the we, mm -hmm. if you can expand on that? The we is like the whole Murder Ave. That's that's Misfit, that's Rilla, that's Rum, that's Reed, that's Cantone, that's um, that's, that's A Junior, that's my man Success, uh, everybody. You know, the whole, the whole team, that's size, that's... Um, I don't think I forgot anybody. So, you know, like that, that, that was the whole team. And we just, we just was wild. And we had, pretty, like Vega, no, like, you get what I'm saying? Like, like Dutch, no, like, like we pulled up, but it was love. You know what I mean? But we put pressure, but also mm -hmm. niggas had to fuck with us because we was actually dope. It wasn't like niggas was trash. Mm -hmm. So it was like, damn, they putting pressure, but niggas are type fire. They get shit lit. You know what I mean? So, we just realized those things early on, like what our advantages were. And being Latino also, like we were like, okay, cool, we're gonna be slighted. So we're gonna have to turn up extra extra. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is really important because um that's something that Holden had mentioned, right? Was like he had seen um that little clip that came out on um 15 minutes of fame, I believe it is. Shouts to 15 minutes of fame, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and uh, you were talking about legend status in battle rap and whatnot. And <laughs> and and um, you were talking about how the 
there's a certain era in battle rap where like the guys from back in the days, what they did kind of like was no longer what was relevant to what we were doing. You know what I mean? And um, you mentioned how you were, you're, you are a legend and you mentioned how you're representing for Latinos. And when I saw that, I was like, yo, you know what? I want a big Cortez up for that because he's right. Like out of, Everybody that came out of battle rap before you that was relevant, the only one that still mattered by the time you came around, right, is PH. So for your name to be up there with PH in like a, a in a, in a certain like category that there's no other people who who else really is is in that category, you know. Now they might have came along a couple names, you know, but like it's still not that level, you know. It's still not PH Cortez like what you guys did representing for Latinos, like, that's, uh, you know, like, you and me are, contem you and me are contemporaries, you know what I mean? So, like, when I saw you battling, I looked at you as, like, my competition immediately. Like, mm -hmm. I was just, like, I remember seeing you in SoulCon. Sarah had showed me you in SoulCon's battle. Yeah. And I was, like, I was, like, wow, Heike offended. Like, I was, like, yo, what is this grind time thing? What do you mean? We're out here putting in work. I'm battling everybody that you put in mm -hmm. front of me. You know what I mean? But that's because that's the nature of the way it's supposed to be, right? But, yeah. like, fast forward to now and looking back from then till now, that's only you there. You know what I mean? Like, those other names of Latinos, we really did not do what you did. That's another That's another thing and another another rung on the, on the level, another bar that other people can't say that they hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, Wild props to you for that, you know? Thank you. Thank you. You know, I didn't look at it. I never looked at it as competition. I just looked at it as me. I didn't even realize I was representing such a demographic. I was just hungry, and I was just trying to put me and my team on. I just wanted the block to respect me. You know, as, as time went on, I realized, like, yo, I got a lot of responsibility, you know? Yes. and And at the same time, it was crazy because everything was going from dvds to yeah. world star grind time was going from DVDs lions to Dead url so it mm -hmm. was like it was like the transition was just like like you know what i mean like like just a turn of a page new era you know and i'm still blessed to be one of those guys that was there at that time i'm super blessed for that super blessed you know yeah but I'm, I'm you know i could have dropped the ball too because I didn't yeah. really realize, you know what I mean? And, and, and I, I I look at it now, when I even sit sit there now, I say, I still could have done more, you know, if I really would have known what I, what I know now, you know what I mean? But that's how the, you know, that's how the, how, how it turns out. But, yeah. you know, I appreciate that because, you know, every time I step on that stage now, I feel like I represent us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a, and it's a position that not a lot of us get to inhabit, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you know firsthand you know like it's not really like uh the the uh a, a big uh you know railroad that's constantly coming in of like latin rappers that are being popular in mainstream you know so like it's a position that it's like yo that's like coveted there's other dudes out there that are like yo you know so yeah nah and it wasn't just you like it was it was you it was you guys period right like i was looking at it like what's this like i had did fight club you know what i mean so like it was like i was looking at it like what 
it was Sarah putting me on to grind yeah. time, you know? But like, it was also like, once I was there, it's like, oh shit, like, there's all of us, you know? Like, who's gonna be the guy that stands out, you know? And it was you, like, it wasn't nobody else, like, it was you. So like, take pride in that, you know? Like, that's Thank something you. that like, it's something to be proud of, you know? Cause it speaks, it says something. Mm-hmm. No, thank you, thank you. Yeah. I mean, if it just adds to it uh, from my side of life, the second I created a Facebook event that says Interview with Cortez, my cousin hits me up for the first time and goes, yo, Cortez is dope. I've seen all his battles on KOTD. First thing I get heard from. I know I just start getting hit up like that, and now I can't say everybody, everybody, but I can say that you've gotten more love from battle rappers in that community that I've known in terms like somebody felt compelled to share it with people and things just because it's Cortez and I got like cred off that. I didn't even know what I was happening there. So you're, you're, yeah, you're in a tier that like is not, you deserve whatever Flacco was saying. I don't know the full context of it all, but I believe it's sincere given the reputation you have. I know I watched your, several of your battles um, and I noticed your, your tactics are different. There's, there's like something a little bit more strategic about the way you go at people, I think, that holds up over time that didn't become dated in the way that many strategies feel dated looking back on today, making your performances in these battles <clears throat> really enjoyable to this very day because I haven't watched this all back in the day, so I only have my 2021 hindsight to look with. Yeah. And, yo, what you said about the in that holla something guy battle. Holla I Yo, I thought a lot about what you said in that battle because that's my country. So I had to really think about what you said in that battle. And mm -hmm. I was like, yo, that was really profound and wise shit. And it really stuck with me and impacted me. And I was like, nah, Cortez is really using his platform to communicate certain ideas while also being blessed with it, which is not lost on me, given that I've seen you do it in multiple battles with the approach you take and your opponents. And I really appreciated that myself in, the, in, in how you do it. Uh, thank you. I mean, that's just because uh, I feel like uh, you always need a beginning, a body, and an ending. And I feel like a lot of the guys in battle rap, when their material is just random, it's cool. It's nothing memorable. You're not gonna be talking about oh how I let the blicky spark five years from now. But that Hollyhand battle was ten years ago. People still talk about this. People have been to rehab that's hit me up about that battle. You know, certain things like that. And that is like a huge goal. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. You know? Um, those things will always last longer than, 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 than a punchline. You know, reality. And I feel like that's my advantage in battle rap. Like, I can really break down reality. Yeah, that's cool. That's what I thought you were trying to do with it. I actually said that earlier today in a DM to uh to Dutch. If so, I, I was like, nah, that's what's special about how you went at it, which I think is why your shit resonates. Because again, I don't know you that well, but I was just cherry picking battles from different years so you can see what's consistent, right? And mm -hmm. a extremely talented, and b nah, I like the approach you take. But we got a uh, question from the comments, if you're all right with that, from Ismail, who asked, what was your most memorable battle? My most memorable battle? It has to be Hollahan, but also it's up there with Head Ice and Hitman Hollow. Mm. Yeah. Head Ice Part 1. 
and hit would, me home. Yeah, I was going to say the Head Ice one probably. Head Ice like, part one, if you was in New York at the time too, like that was so meaningful. Like that was the hottest thing going on in New York City. Like I was headlining the hottest thing in New York City. And I was the complete underdog. And I went to Harlem battling Head Ice, who was the hottest guy in battle rap in the game. He was already goaded. And I and I and I smoked him, you know? And then and then Hitman Holler was just like the reassurance where people was like, whoa, like core is here. You understand? And 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 that was URL's. I was one of URL's first classics. So like that, that that was great. That was major. That's really uh, honestly, it's really cool to hear you, you describe it. Um so like you also make music music. When I mean sorry, I know that's a weird way to put it. But I was listening to your there's two projects on Spotify and I've now heard them both at least. I didn't go that much deeper, so I'm sure there's more out there, but I heard some of the snippets used in your battles and I fucking love how in the pocket you are. I wanna just give you the compliments on your musical prowess as well, because you're a fucking ill songwriter. I Thank don't know you. if people talk Thanks. about your music as much, but were you doing music the whole time? Can you tell us a bit about that side of your life? Yeah. Um, Resolutions is out now. Uh, I just dropped that in uh, on the 1st of January, and that right now was really buzzing. Like, people really, really have gravitated to that album, and I truthfully feel like it's my best body of work. It's at a mature insight that I've I, that I've I've toyed with with other songs that I've put out, but this one is is complete, you know. Mm. And the response from it lets me know that it's complete. Now, uh. As far as music, I've oh, like I said, I was always in the studio. So right. battle rapping happened, happened randomly. The goal was always to get a record deal or have some distribution or put out projects. You know, that was always the goal. So even though the battle rap took off and it became very beneficial financially too, I never stopped making music. I would always sprinkle certain things out. Then I dropped Sixteens and Better Part Two two years ago. Had the single first single with Meth, everyone jumped to that, and now this one resolutions is just like the same thing. So, I love music. To be honest with you, I love music more than battle rapping, and I'm See? trying to bridge the gap. If you guys understand, I always use that. Uh, I always use that that uh that phrase and hashtag. I'm always putting bridging the gap because of that. I want to be the example. When people say battle rappers can't make music, oh, no, nah, no, nah, but Cortez makes, makes good music. Mm. Not you, Cortez, uh, the rest of them. Like, And I'm trying to bridge that gap to let people know, like, yo, man, there's people out here that could do both. Yeah, that's yeah, I was telling, I was explaining to um to Holden that, like, you come from a, a older school of battling where we actually used to battle to get record deals. Yeah. So like the battling was really just a avenue for us to get where we wanted to be ultimately, which was making music. There wow. are dudes Nowadays, now. Yeah, there are battle rappers. There's dudes now. now. There's dudes now that don't make music. They've never been in the studio, but yeah. they battle rap. They're like, nah, nah, I never. I'm just a battle rapper. Like you're not a regular rapper. Nah, I'm just a battle rapper. Mm. Yeah, I never yeah. been to the studio. I never, I never rap on the beat. I'm like, yeah, what? They, they don't know. They don't know how to. They don't know how to. They don't know how yeah. to rap on beat. They don't know how to like record themselves in any way. Hold, they don't even it. understand the concept of recording hold, themselves. 
Holden, I already broke it down to you the stages. We went from the karaoke to rapping in high school to rapping in little ciphers in the block to, 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 to getting to the studios. After that, the next step was I started doing EO Dub and doing the Pyramid Training Camp showcases. Mm. I would go to those open mics every Tuesday and every Sunday. The first time I went to EO Dub, I got kicked out. What? That's a first. You know how they have the five things where they where they battle, but they can't diss each other. What's it called? What's it called? That you know what I the mean, right? Where they MC like, challenge. The MC challenge. So that's usually for the new new guys. I was a kid. I was like fifteen. I got in there. My man, my man is performing and shit, but he's like, "Yo, cool, you can get up there for that." I entered the MC challenge, started freestyling, made it to the end, and I started dissing the dude because I didn't really pay attention to the rules. I smoked them. But then it was like, yo, that was dope. Uh, but no, you're not supposed to be <laughs> dissing the person. Get like, out like, yo, great job at destroying somebody. That's not the concept we're working with exactly. here, sir. And, 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 and everyone was like, ah. Uh, and I was tight. I was fit. I, I didn't know how to act. What? Nah, fuck this. Uh. But I realized that everyone, everyone, you know, afterwards, when I'm outside, everyone was like, yo, shorty, you dope. You got to pay attention to what's going on. Don't be so aggressive, you know what I mean? And I came back the next week and I started performing. Started performing, just working on one song, coming back every week doing that one song, learning how to perfect it, learning how to hold the mic. I really went through the the, the due diligence and, and learning every step away of how to become an artist. Mm. So that's why I feel like music is the least, it's the least, it's the least of my worries. It's more or less the business or something like that. Like Music I love. Battle rapping is great too, but I have to like shut everything down when I battle rap. And I sometimes I don't want to do that. But music is just natural to me. I like the way you put that. And I like the fact that you, you brought up the end of the week training camp the way that you did it, but also that you brought up perfecting a song. Um, I don't know that a lot of people do that. I personally didn't go perfect songs like that when I started, and it was probably a really shitty idea because I put out some maybe not great stuff. So, like, I think it's fascinating. And would you recommend people test out material like that to go find open mics and play shit that's not really All the time. Comics do it. Dave Chappelle goes to, like, Gotham randomly. Randomly. And try out jokes and test out jokes. We, we, while, while we're here and, and super shouts out to end of the week, that was, that was like good mm. looks, right? Because we're on their platform. So like, you know, it's always true. shouts out to end of the week. Uh, Vanguard, one of the team members, like he constantly goes to like comedy clubs. And I remember him telling me about a night that he was at. I don't know which one, probably Gotham might be another one, but he said that he was there and that it was the night that Dave, Kevin Hart, Chris Rock all randomly got on stage. I think Marlon Wayans and Dave. Yeah, there was a couple of them, yeah. Yeah, like, I forget who else, but, like, to be able to be there for something so monumental that then the world is talking about, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's the beauty of New York, you know? That is pretty beautiful. We even got a cool in the comments from that. Nah, that's fresh, man. I like that. I like that you shared that because, you know, sometimes I think we, we think things like you got to hide everything and etc. But then I started talking to young people and they're like, nah, man, I just share shit the whole way through the process and people fucks with it and buy it after. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. that's actually kind of interesting. Maybe it's a better marketing. But in a sense, doing the open mic thing where you perfect your song like that, all those people are going to be invested in that song when that song comes out. 
That's actually a fucking brilliant marketing. And so I appreciate you exactly. sharing that knowledge nugget with us. Exactly. Like, that's what it was. It, it would be like, yo, you know what? We could go and make this song better. Or, yo, we got to mix this down. Like, I, I went through everything, bro. That's fresh. So what happens after the EO Dub training camp? Uh, I'm in front of training camp, and that's when uh I got into a cypher called What's Really Hood DVD. Rest in peace, Fred the God. Uh, math was there. Was a lot of lot of like MCs on the come up at the time, and I jumped in the cipher. I ended up being on the intro of the DVD. But there's a dude that pulled me to the side that night and was like, "Yo, I like your flow." He was like, "Yo, you ever did Fight Club?" And I'm like, "Nah, I never did Fight Club." He's like, "Yo, we filming season two, and he sent me an invite, and that's when I when I went to battle like officially. I had battled in my hood here and there." When I went to Fight Club and I knew it was on MTV2, I was like, okay, cool. Boom, I jumped on it. I battled uh, like five, six dudes that day. Smoked them. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, I battled Jag. That's that's, that's down with Cassidy Larson and them. I battled Jag. Um, Hollow was there. A lot of Zay was there. A lot of Zay's brother Lance I ended up battling. Jay Focus was there. There There's a couple of people. So from there... You know, yeah, I was seeing them for a couple too. weeks. Yeah, yeah, we battled. We go for a couple weeks. That's that's then, the circuit back then. We all used to like if you were really hungry and you really wanted it, and you were around and you was outside yeah. like that, you were bumping into the same people, and we were all essentially on the same uh, grind. And, now, Jay and, Focus, Jay Focus is the most important thing here because I knew Jay, right? Mm-hmm. Familiar with him. Cool. The season never comes out on MTV2. Everything just falls to shit. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. A year passes, and my homegirl, AD the General, rest in peace, AD the General, she used to do showcases too. And she was, she was a she was Latin. And she was, she calls me and she's like, Yo, cool. You said you did all that battle fight club shit and all that, right? I'm like, yeah. She's like, I right, I signed you up for a for a Vlad battle at uh five beats. It's a DJ Vlad Butcher battle, and it's at um at, uh, not Fabi, um, um, Fat Beats. And I'm like, when? And she's like, tomorrow. So just, I'm like, yo, how you do that? How you just sign me up for some battle shit? She's like, yo, call out of work. Do whatever you got to do, man. I believe in you. You need to be there. Click. So I'm like, fuck, man. How the fuck I'm going to do this? Like, I got to memorize these verses. You know, it's like a lot of verses. <laughs> I go to work. I was going to dub it. And then in the middle of the job, I was just like, yo, fuck it. I'm out. Boom. I left. I went. I battled 10 dudes there. It's DJ Vlad. He's doing a butcher battle. So I'm battling for his shit. And then I ended up battling Jay Focus that day. And I smoke Jay Focus. Smoke him. I make it to the finals. And I battle Cyanide. And Cyanide, I, I beat him the first round. And I run out of written rhymes. And I don't know how to freestyle. Cyanide freestyles the second round. Cyanide freestyles the third round. They, but the judges knew that I was better. So they said, we got to see one more. And in my head, I'm like, fuck, I don't got no more verses. Like, I'm trying to freestyle. I choke. He freestyles. He gets through it. He technically wins the tournament. But it was clear that I was the better rapper. So... I'm I'm mad about it. Whatever. Cool. Boom. A year passes by from that. 
and Jay Focus becomes the 106 in part champion. So everybody's Googling Jay Focus. When you Google him, somebody recorded on a little flip phone me versus Jay Focus that day. None of the other battles got filmed. It was like 20 battles that happened that day. The only battle that got filmed was me versus Jay Focus on a camera phone. Wild, blurry, mad, staticky, all that. But it's online. I didn't know it was online. I didn't know what YouTube was. This is like 2007, 2008. So, no, 2007. So, everyone, I, I, my MySpace starts getting lit. People start hitting my MySpace. I'm like, yo, why is everybody? Yo, I saw your battle. Yo, I saw your battle. Yo, I saw your battle. Yo, you're pretty dope. I'm like, what is this? And then I realized, oh, shit, the J Focus shit is out. All right. But why is it getting so many views? Then I watch 106 at Park that Friday, and I see who the champion is. And I'm like, oh, I smoked this nigga already. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, okay. And what happened is Direct went to New York City to meet Jay Focus, and Direct asked him about Grand Time and wanted to bring him in, and then said, by any chance, do you have that kid Cortez number also? Because he's dope. And Jay Focus says, yeah, here, and gives him my number. My number never changed. It's the same number I got now, Dutch. He gave him that number. Direct calling me. I keep seeing this number from Orlando. I'm dubbing the phone. I'm, what's this? I don't pick up calls I know. After a while, I pick it up after a couple days. I'm like, yo, this person keep calling me. And it's direct. And he says, yo, I got this thing. It's called Grind Time. I want you to battle Complex. It's going to be on World Star Hip Hop. This is a great opportunity for you. I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. I was like, all right, man, I'll go. Went there with verses I already had. And when it hit World Star, everything took off. Within a year, I end up battling ice. URL starts, and everything just 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 went crazy. That's a lot. I feel like that was a really concise way to pack in a lot of the things that leads to the stuff that's probably really easy to find on YouTube given the time frame I understand we oh, have. Oh yeah, that battle's still out and all that, yeah. Nah, but yeah. that's like cool. It's cool the way that your whole life does have all these sequences that you almost have mapped out ready to go that you can break down like that, which I also appreciate because it makes it like interesting to think about the different phases and how they evolve and blend into each other at each significant moment so i just thank you for sharing all that with us and it also is so cool that you beat the guy it randomly gets filmed randomly is what i understand and this basically is a huge moment for you on some unrelated shit just by accident and that's fucking the way the world kind of actually works and i look at luck like preparedness versus opportunity and that just shows what preparedness versus, oppor- you know, like it's just kind of what happened. An opportunity struck, that guy did well. It caused people to Google you, but because you had already been prepared in that previous moment, boom, it takes off the way it's supposed to. I also look at it like I was so mad about the cyanide thing, but it didn't even matter because what really counted was that footage right there. No one cared about that tournament. None of that. That's true. They just saw the talent in that one battle. And all things considered, I'm talking to you today and we're calling you a legend and it's facts. So, I mean, appreciate that. That's really what yes. it is. Um, and so after that, you started battling in grind time. Yeah. Yeah. Down Battle Complex, Jazzy Tech, KM, Soul Con, uh, Real Deal, Conceited. 
Oh, Mars yeah. Jelton. So I think I think that I think that the the Soulcon one might have been like the one that like helped propel both of you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, Marsh like, Marsh was the first one because Marsh Marsh and Johnny Storm had that viral battle. Yeah. And he came to yeah. New York and I smoked them, and everyone was like, "Whoa, wait a minute." And then after that is when I really, and then I smoked, uh, like, I didn't smoke SoCon. That was a great battle. That was, was a great, great battle. battle. It could have went either way, to be honest with you. Yeah. I was more prepared because I had a better overtime. What? You know? Wait, what? So from there, what does that mean? It, it just it jumped. When that hit World Star, it was lit. Yeah. I'll, I'll explain okay. what, what no, it, no, we don't got We can explain that I'll after. explain a bunch of the things that we were talking about after the show, uh, after <laughs> he, he can't be on anymore. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that. going through the years that we can't cover before you get off. Um, so then after that, after those sets of battle came, um, after Khan, then I got the ice battle on Lions Den. Because mm-hmm. previously, while oh, while in Grand Time, I battled on Ice's Gladiator League. So like uh-huh. I had did that, and I did one of the Lions Den battles too. Like so, I was already jumping around in the circuit. But then getting that opportunity that Kid Capri, I don't know if you guys ever see that picture. It's Kid Capri. It's all of us. Ice, me, Hollow, Solomon. Everybody's there. And and we got negotiated for like an HBO sponsor. And they wanted to film these battles. And we ended up filming it in Harlem at Blackstar. And from there, it was crazy. Like, you know what I mean? From there, that, that battle was like the one. It was yeah. like, whoa. Cortez beat Head Ice, but but Head Ice won to the judges, and it was Rakim, it was Big Daddy Kane, it was uh, Styles P, it was KRS One, it was um Raekwon, and that point at that point Battle him. Rap started getting bigger because of what we were doing with Grind Time, and it had brought that right attention, and Head Ice and and Lux having that opportunity to 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 have that type of like a lineup of judges was mm-hmm. super huge i remember like all of us that was like real big news you know like it was like yo like they paid attention like it's, yeah. it's, it's getting real it's getting real rest in peace ph because that footage wasn't coming out and ph recorded it on the screen mm. that they were showing to the street people and ph made sure he recorded the whole battle like that so that nobody, in case they didn't try to put out the footage. And then PH was like, I got the whole thing. And I was like, he was like, don't worry about it, nigga. The world is going to see this. You know what I'm saying? That's my brother. Like, for Bro, real. You know what I mean? Facts. And I was just like, what? I was like, yo, all right, cool. And then they was holding on. And then we we let it fly. That went right to world star. <laughs> then I realized how to use the internet for my advantage. You know, boom! I put that out. Everyone loved it. You know, and from there, that's when URL started. And their very first event, Mad versus Rex, Cortez versus X Factor. Yeah, yeah. That's big. You guys, you guys, what you guys set off that that if, URL. Uh, if uh, that the controversial controversy that happened didn't happen, URL wouldn't have had that first event back with that battle with Math and Rex and you. And it just was like it, it set off everything. And now, now there's like now there's a uh, uh, Fox giving a uh, uh, caffeine. Uh, what is it like 130 million 
or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so for that the app, can, for the app, yeah. So they could do the deal with URL. Like, this is, I try to explain to people, like, we created a lane for ourselves where they didn't want us to. The industry didn't want us. Nobody was giving us a shot to, like, get to those opportunities that we wanted to get to. And we created a lane for ourselves. And now there's a whole industry and people feeding their families off of what we did and the work that we put in. Yeah. I guess that's a blessing. I'm able to do what I love for Lessons. a living. Facts. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to listen to. I mean, that went really fast and I'm still processing a lot of what you said. Um, but I, I totally appreciate you sharing it, honestly. I think your your you. your life is very interesting. I mean, there's a lot that you've done that I'm sure we could probably fill hours and hours and hours of talking about shit. And honestly, people just love it because they just want to hear everything. You'd be surprised at the level of what we would consider boring people want to actually hear about. Okay, it's just because <laughs> they want to know what you think about things. And yeah. so far, you've failed to disappoint in any anyway. It's just been delightful talking yeah, to like, you. Yeah, that's why I'm doing the series with, with Holden. Like, you know, because it's like we could be, I, I could easily do something with somebody else who knows, you know, and does it. But like Holden being an outsider is better because now you got to explain. We got to explain the things that we would just say now mean to. Yeah, <laughs> and people yeah, would just yeah. be expected to now mean. And people yeah. don't not mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't. Like, that's not something new. You've been yeah. out of America, so you know. It's not like you, you're you just a local, you know, guy that never been out the country, never, exactly. like, you know, like, you've been out the country, you know what it is. Like, they, outside of New York City, even, in, the, in our own country, people don't understand this life that it is here and, and the way that we have to go about things and things that we do to get to where we at, you know? So it's like yeah. it's good to really thoroughly explain a lot of this stuff to people. And like Holden's got like a platform where like he got people who are not they're not, you know, battle rap fans nah. necessarily, you know? Yo, and straight it's, up it's good we, to reach out outside of our community. There's a lady from Norway who tunes in and watches this every time almost like clockwork. So usually Golden Jenny from Norway's there and if she's there she pops up on the screen after and you see it and it's like a cosign. But for the most part, she yeah. was there earlier listening to your music even, right? And complimenting it. So like the way I see it is in the internet era, there's a lot of value in, in learning stuff like, yo, what it's like to grow up in bed style. Like we could probably talk about that for another hour and it wouldn't be boring. And that's the thing. But a lot of people don't know that when they think about their stories. And I, I look at a lot of the interviews and what other people talk about. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, whatever. Let's get to the good shit. And usually we never get to, yeah, she's there. She popped up in the chat, I swear, from Norway straight up. <laughs> and it's like, um, just, just hearing that stuff, man, it's so cool. Like, we hear this in our music that we all call this classics. We, we, we listen to all these words that mean literally nothing until we hear somebody like Cortez describe a radius of blocks you know what i've never heard anybody describe like a radius with relations so now it's like okay there's that much distance between where like these guys is at and these guys is at yeah. so you know believe it or not all of this is gonna get people that are maybe not so much from new york city to be like yo that's so cool because it is uh -huh. if you go look at what's trending on youtube it's geeky knowledge stuff that's like the most yeah. popping kind of content right now so yeah the, just... the little did you knows your baby well, I was is old when I found out this. Yeah. yeah. And it's dope. All the all the all the stories that we like look, you talk about like
being there fucking with Mace on the court. Like, there's not a lot of people that, you know, I mean, there is a lot of people because we were there. So we remember how packed the shit felt, you know? But it's also like uh, there were no cameras and billions of other people were on Earth and they were not there. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, sharing our stories, I think, is really important. And I've been on that tip, like, really heavy, like, talking to Penn about, like, we need to, like, document the things that we did, you know, because, like, nobody's There's a lot of history there. A lot of history, bro, a lot of history. And one day there's going to be people really, like, you know, wanting to, that'll be the shit that Netflix will be paying millions of dollars for, you know? Like, the story of, like, what we did. To go another direction with it, I do album reviews, and when I started my journey, I didn't know fuck all, and I used to get told, yo, you should go Google shit beforehand. Yo, I don't know if you've ever tried to Google some of this shit, like what bars mean or the nuances behind this or that. Yo, it's impossible. Unless there's some rap thread from, like, 2009 that's archived on that exact subject, it's like good luck finding anything. So hearing you talk about it, creating this kind of content, to me, it, like, serves such a value that's going to help people, like, really under understand more and, in a sense, bridge the gap. And even to, yeah. whether it's battle rap to music or just you know, the origin of hip-hop to the rest of the world. I think it helps explain the culture more, which helps everyone kind of respect it more. So it's mad useful, and you've definitely helped us with that. Word. You're welcome. Um, Bless. Facts. So yeah. We got to do this again. We got to come up here and finish this, and we got to do an album review too. That's definitely possible. We can set that up. Yeah. For you, Cortez, we can set that up. I can make that happen kind of quick. If Well, let's be relatively quick. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not actually as free in my life as I used to be. I shouldn't overcommit, but uh, nah, we can do something like that. Oops. I'll be watching you do that shit, and I'll be like, all right, man. God. <laughs> you say you could do it. Go ahead. I mean, no, nah, I know how much time it takes. It's nah, uh, I know. I know how much believe it or not, has on his plate. Like he's really out here. He's serious. But the other side is, platform. you done did album reviews for four years straight. I know exactly how much time it takes, and I know what I can fit into it. And you shit seven songs or whatever, so it's not that long. Meaningful. Ten. Ten. It's quick. It's shorter. We went through it on the album earlier. It's dope, etc. Don't worry. It's not a huge commitment. I did the Drake shit in like fucking what forty five minutes. It's fine. I'm okay at this. You'll, you'll like the product regardless. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, for you, Cortez, I feel like we can do that for you. It was a gift of you coming through and, and coming here. For me, it was a gift. So I appreciate I gifts appreciate like that. Y'all. If I can give one back, that's my pleasure. I don't say that to everybody. You can promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate y'all, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate you for stopping by and definitely, like, you know what I mean? Holla at mm-hmm. me and um, we, set, we set things up. I got you, bro. Y'all be safe. You're ready. Mm-hmm. Be safe, bro. Right. Take care. All right, before we we all go away, we're still here. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to update your name so that it says your name on my side because it can do that. But I want to know about that overtime thing because, yeah, you said Yeah, no, I was going to explain a bunch of the things. Like, I was just going to say, like, if, if you don't necessarily got to go, I like, don't have to I go. Don't gotta go. And we can just, I mean, you know, Tez uh, had limited time. You know, we appreciate his time. But, like, we can just finish the episode on the subject of him and what he was talking about and, you know, um, give a little bit more insight on what he, like, uh, went through real quick. Um, so, yeah. yeah.
we can talk about that. We can talk about the the overtime. We can talk about um yeah uh, the era and um yeah. Hi, we, we we mostly me yeah we're still streaming uh we are still at least that was my intention so we're okay i know that you use that guide the raid ishmael uh we'll see if blob ross is live after and then we'll go from there um but yeah on that note uh feel free to explain that overtime thing he was talking about because i didn't really fully comprehend the situation so um what it is is that, well, basically back then, um, grind time, when grind time came along, like they brought like a formula that kind of was like around, but like wasn't perfected in the way that they had did it. And so uh, there was a certain point where like everybody was going overtime because judges, whenever they like saw a battle that they enjoyed, that was just kind of like a good way of being able to get more material, right? So um, there was like this point where like everybody just kind of was going into overtime rounds. And um, some people would try to commit to three rounds and just like, I, I got this. These three rounds got this battle, you know? And I guess Soulcon didn't prepare a good enough overtime round Mm. And Cortez's overtime round was better. Um, back then, your overtime round kind of essentially was really the battle. Because if if you're guaranteeing that everybody's going to go into overtime, then really the overtime is going to be the, the decider, you know? Like, that's going to be, like, where the battle is really decided. So, like, it was really smart of him to keep a really good round for your overtime round. Yeah. Instead of your regular three rounds. Have we expanded on that controversy on camera before? Because I don't know if we ever did. I'm pretty sure I know what it is, but that might have been some off-cam stuff. So if you want to break down what was going on with that judges versus whatever, just because it feels relevant, that would be also interesting. Wait, what do you mean? The like, uh, the controversy that I had mentioned about the, the battle rap event? or Yeah, like the one the with the, the judges where PH films it outside and all of that was kind of talked about. Real, like, y'all yeah, yeah. understood it. I mean, but if you can have more context, that would be super helpful, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, I wasn't there for it, right? So, like, I'm not, like, recanting from, like, a first-person standpoint, okay? But, like, essentially what he was talking about was back then there would be, there was, so we had talked about with Jay Smooth about the controversy of the tapes at the WRCs, right? And so that kind of set off an energy that maybe people weren't aware that they could pull off of kind of like, well, let's just, the tapes can go missing if like something happens. So like if I book you, you and me are going to battle, hold it, right? Right. And I know that I'm going to, like, wash you. I'm going to demolish you. In my head, the team, everybody, we're setting up this event because you're top tier and I'm top tier, but I know I'm going to wash you. Like, I got something <laughs> set up. But and then it does not go my way, and I end up losing, right? Like, if you're throwing the event, you could essentially, like, you know, you could be a little dishonorable, essentially, and, you know, be like, well, I lost the tape. Like, what does it hurt me? If I lost on camera to lose the tape and not, you know, have this embarrassment come out. So PH being there and filming off camera was like a 
smart thing that he was doing on some just in case mm. somebody tries to pull a sneaky move. Like I have some evidence of what Cortez is speaking about, you know, like doing really well. Okay. Yeah. So your lady friend Bonnie would love to see you take me down in a battle. That's what take, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even trying that. to battle Bonnie. You know? No, she wants to, you to battle me and win. And that's what she would like to see, which I appreciate. I understand. I'm not saying I want to do that. I'm saying that they probably want to see you do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 the tape. I see it now. I'd love to see Black Hood tape that you saw there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah, nah, I, I mean, example, for example, just, you know, <laughs> like for, for posterity, what we're talking about here. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so that was just something that would happen back then is that like, there were, there were a lot of illegitimate moves being like trying to, trying to be plotted on and PH Pumpkinhead, bless him being the brother that he was, you know, like he's, he's the one that gave a lot of us opportunities. And like, as we go through some of these people that I plan on like us interviewing, you know, like you'll see his name come up a lot more and more. Nah, it's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what other recapping things from that we should discuss at this moment as I'm having um, frame went blank moments. There's uh so the battle so there was the controversy also that I had mentioned of like when he was saying hit the um setting off URL's first event. Like there was like a controversy that happened where that battle um, Matt versus T-Rex, like this is all online right, right. still to this day because back then was kind of like the beginning of the blogging era, you know? So like is like the beginning of like all of us in this league just doing blogs to each other and like calling each other out and like being like, yeah, you know, such and such sucks or I don't like such and such for whatever reason. And so... um all these, all this. Yeah, like, that makes stuff sense. Kind of why like, the media is the way it is. It was like deliberate. What do you mean? Well, like I noticed watching battle rap interviews in like the early two thousand and tens and shit. It's also like, <clears throat> well, now that I look at it from a WWE perspective, it's also like contrived to create like moments. Yeah. To almost like trigger up, but if it's all intentional. It's not necessarily what I first thought. It's almost like everybody was in on it, so let's go, let's run it, let's create that like theater of the situation. Least... I mean, it like it's a it's a it's a theater, but not as like um, well organized as you would think, right? right? So it's not like league owners are like telling like the battle rappers, "This is your next opponent. Let's create this." Like a lot of times, it'll just be. Like, I don't like this battle rapper for whatever, such and such. Or sometimes a battle rapper will mention you in a battle in a way that's just not favorable in any way, you know? Or maybe you just don't like the way that he mentioned you in the battle. And, like, you'll call that person out, you know, like, um, or just start talking shit about that person. Or then your next battle, you mention them and not, like, in a more unfavorable light. And... It creates a, a thing, um, or maybe there's a behind-the-scenes thing. That happens a lot of times, too. There was, back then, was kind of like the beginning of, like, social media, really, right? So, like, 
when these leagues are popping, when grind time is popping off, it's the beginning of, like he said, world star. So, like, whatever year that is, which was a long time ago, you know, like, that's, like, uh, uh, crazy that we were, like, you know, that's probably, like, around the same time as the beginning of Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, like so, it's just, like, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in that era. What? Two, yeah, 2008, I think it yeah. is, you know? And so, it's just, like, we're kind of, like, the guys that are just taking advantage of all this media right but like at the same time like we're navigating it so like those things that like you talk about nowadays right where like we all kind of know that it's easy to get misinterpreted by text right and uh sometimes like uh uh contentious situations can be created by text or at least in new york Maybe I guess I'm thinking that it's a worldwide thing, but no, that's a, it's a worldwide, worldwide thing. You're it, flat it's out. A worldwide it's a worldwide thing. thing. Yeah, uh, back then was the beginning of social medias, bro. Like, so essentially, like a lot of these battle rappers, like the way that the beef was getting formulated was really on some silly shit, like some just miscommunication online. Like, you know, like you just left an opinion on somebody's status, and back then, like, yeah, you had the beginning of Facebook, so like people didn't like certain things that have become like societal norms where you're just like, yeah, like there's a public forum. Like anybody can stop by and comment, you know, like some people would take it personally. Like what the fuck are you doing? Commenting on my post. Like, um, it's a post. Okay. My drop my opinion, I guess my two cents, you know, shit like that. Like it was all that, like beginning of social media, not, um, people really not having like, a. Oh, that's that an interesting by. point. So basically, you have a bunch of people that are about to go diss each other, literally on Facebook in the beginning of Facebook, dissing each other on common threads before anyone really knew what anything was. I mean, I don't know if I, I call it like that, but like I'm saying, like people would. Well, maybe not dissing. Each I just other. Kinda... They friend each other, and then maybe there'd be a miscommunication that would lead to you not liking the person. Now you make a blog about the guy. And then next thing you know, there's like a league guy, it, either the, the the division guy from like your local chapter. So like back then we only had four divisions at the beginning of grind time. So it was like, well, not at the very beginning, but like once it was established, it was like grind time uh, south, which was really Florida and um, grind time Midwest, which was really, um, I think it was like Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then uh, you had Grind Time West Coast, which was really California, and it's just really the Bay Area and LA that were throwing events. And then you had Grind Time New York, which was really just New York City. Um, it's not like, you know, upstate. Like, eventually later on, we had an upstate New York division as well, you know, because it's super far from New York City, and they just weren't coming down here, and they had enough talent to, you know, uh, Culture. I guess I'll leave that to direct to, to speak on more so. But the point is, everybody, so like if you were in the middle of Vegas and you were really known like that, you would probably go battle in LA. You know, like you'd go, but so the point is, you'd make this like video online blog talking about a guy, and like probably the guy that locally ran that division would be like, yo, like, so let's set this up. If you don't like such and such, like, Let's bring him in or, you know, while, you know, maybe the guy is in New York and PH would end up calling 
somebody from California to fly somebody in and the battle happens. And but there is a lot of like like you said, like wrestling type of drama, you know? Like no, I mean like that's how I look at it, but like <clears throat> It's fascinating how organic it happened, right? Like you said, it wasn't like anybody engineered it, but it's almost like mm -hmm. if you put all the elements into the right fishbowl, this is the natural order of what appeals to... Because the other side of it is everyone's staring at analytics pages, okay? Like everybody has their Google Analytics and their fucking websites, and so they're all noticing what people are clicking on, and that's going to also be a big part of it. So as they start to see, yo... When this happens, there's a lot more hype. We get that many more people invested. The battle after the fact has all these things going on, et cetera, et cetera. Like, that's got to have been a big contributing factor to how certain things kind of pushed it, even if people weren't always aware of it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and but that's like how good things get built, right? Like, you don't even see it. Like, you're just in the middle of doing the thing that you do, you know? And like you turn around, it's just like when Cortez was talking about like the hollow hand battle, like he didn't know when he was writing for that battle, the impact like it would still have 10 years later or like most times, you know, I don't want to say he didn't, um, but like most times, you know, you're not thinking, oh, yeah, 10 years down the line, this battle, because you also can't predict it. Like, that's the beautiful thing about um battle rap is that it kind of like, i had no idea uh, that battle was 10 years ago when i watched it because it wasn't uploaded 10 years ago yeah i mean <laughs> so i thought it was uploaded like five years ago so it was that it doesn't mean it didn't happen that i'm saying because the upload dates apparently don't always match when they happen because i didn't look that deep with it so i'm like that's pretty incredible honestly i think also what ends up happening i don't know 100 percent, right somebody can google this and check it um but, like, I think that sometimes, because, like, I've noticed when I have old videos on my old Dutch Vega YouTube page that I made private after putting them out initially, when I unprivate them and make them public again, that new date becomes its publishing date. Okay. That so it might be that the battle, like, it was from 10 years ago. It got posted 10 years ago. At some point, they privated the battle. And then when they unprivated it five years ago, it then got that timestamp as like the date. So that might be the case. No, nah, but I think it makes it a cooler battle situation, right? Because like I said, like I wasn't kidding when I said it felt like so much of what he said in his battles across the board were so like they hold up today is I don't know when he like used the word bad, but like tasteful. Tasteful is a good way to mm -hmm. put it. Like they still hold merit. It isn't like, nah, yeah. that's a product of the times. It's weird. You, know, you have to make no mental gymnastics to justify it, which I find sometimes you got to do because of the times, which is fair enough. But, um, yeah, <clears throat> I've just been thinking a lot about the content, so I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I mean, dog, there's a lot of cool things about, like, battle rap. That's why I, I like, pridefully, like, am a part of it, you know? Um, and, like, like I say, like, I keep on saying, like, we, cause there, you know, there's to a lot of people, it doesn't matter. But like, to me, like, I understand the impact because like, I'm like, it's the same impact that hip hop had. Like we're giving, like, not we're giving, but like guys are earning the opportunity to be able to feed their families and pay their bills off of writing, like 
that's amazing. That's like super love, you know, like that, like we, we, we give super props to book writers, right. For the same thing. Like they get paid to write, you know, like these guys <laughs> are just, they, they're getting paid to write and then go perform against the guy, you know, and like beat him. Like, and what I was going to say was like, it's beautiful because like you have this any given Sunday thing that happens in battle rap where like, there's no predicting who's going to win. So like, that's why, like, I don't think that necessarily any of us are thinking about the impact that a battle will have 10 years from when it happens, because you're kind of really focused on what's in front of you, which is like the task that's in front of you, mm, which is you said that to shut everything down to do a battle, which was an interesting thing we didn't expand on, but he said he has to shut everything down to do a battle. And, mm-hmm. um, that, made him less interested in necessarily pursuing all battle opportunities and i never considered that but i suppose you're gonna have to do a lot of research you're gonna have to watch all these past battles you're gonna literally have to take a whole bunch of time to, to yeah. really how long does it take to really prepare for a battle if you're doing it at this tier in your opinion i mean th- there's there's it varies all of it varies right um essentially leagues can book a battle uh a year, half a year, like three months, four months out. Um, back then, when we first were doing grind time and establishing all this stuff, um, essentially it was looked at as like a month was more than enough time. Um, but there would be absolutely battles that would happen on the fly, like um, two weeks, sometimes a week ahead of time. And, like, you're expecting guys to come up with three rounds worth of material and memorize it and perform it, like, to a T, flawlessly. And there's some guys that, like, they literally, like, Charlie Clips has, like, he's known for, like, uh, having a, a, a freestyle third round where, like, people say, like, he doesn't care, essentially. Um, and that's the way that it's looked at. Like, freestyling is looked at as in battle rap nowadays as you don't care because guys are taking time out their schedule to make whole events happen. People are showing up for your performance. And if you just so happen to be having the one bad freestyle day, that's all you need to justify how bad it is of an idea to freestyle all the time. You know, like that's all you need. Like you could have 20 performances freestyling all of them, where, like, yeah, you're killing it, you're doing good, like, everybody appreciates it, but, like, you have one bad one, and it's just like, well, you see, like, you should have prepared. Like, that other guy spent uh, however much time he got given preparing for the battle, you know? And, like, uh, it's, and I know as somebody who threw events, like, I looked at it as, like, that as well, where, like, I don't want you to freestyle. I don't care how good it is, because, like, I'm doing a lot here to make this happen. So, like, if you mess up, let it be because you practice, practice, and something happened and the glitch happened in the Matrix. But, like, don't let it be that you just, you know, oh, whatever. Like, oh, Mm. I'll just freestyle through this because, you know, I'm just that good. And it's just like, oh, I hope you're that good. Now you got to be better than the guy who comes with his written because everybody who's come with their written and taking the time to prepare for their opponent show that they cared enough to contribute that time mm. and put in that work and you 
just, you know, spent so, all that time not caring. This is like why. So this is interesting because it kind of carries over into why people get so fucking mad when people read uh, rap contest entries. Because all the other people that didn't put all that extra time into memorizing and putting that extra level of effort in. And then you have people who just don't look like they care as much when they don't visibly put in that same level of effort, regardless of whatever happens in life, you know. Um, but Golden Jenny asked a really good question, which I actually don't know the answer to either. So I don't know anything about battle rap. How far can you go with insults in battle rap? Is everything allowed? Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's kind of like real life, right? We're like, it, it, it's like this. This is all like, yeah, like you could you could say anything you want to, essentially, because you have free will as a human being. So you could say whatever you want. I would just you know tell you if. I cared about you, I would tell you to be careful what you say to who you say it. Like, there's going to be people that, you know, you'll be able to say certain things to and get away with it. And there's going to be people on this earth that you say certain things to and they're probably not going to, like, react positively to. So you could say whatever you want to say in a battle. But, like, you, there are a lot of like there's a lot of footage online of battle rap fights so it's not like it's like oh you know that never happens there's never a point where like people start fighting over something that got said like no there there's examples of it there's plenty of examples of of people fighting but is over there like very little. is there like cultural norms that surround like there's a given that's too far moment or that's a low blow or anything like that I mean, yeah, there's all sorts of things, but then there's, like, all sorts of battle rappers that, like, literally, that's their, like, shtick, and that's their thing, you know? Like, Arsenal is known as being disrespectful. Like, he's like, what? I disrespect everything. The most sacred thing. Like, what? Your mother is sacred? Your daughter is sacred? Your child? Like, I'll say whatever. I don't care. So, like, yeah, there's kind of, like, that those unspoken rules amongst the people that choose to engage in it in that way, where they're just like, I'm not gonna, you know, they look at it kind of like, um, uh, <laughs> like a, a, a Hitman movie. No, not even, because like Hitmen get paid, they don't really care if it's a woman, child, or, or who it is, they're gonna kill them. But like, uh, you know, gangsters in the street, essentially, have always had like a rule of like, you know, no, like, no, no getting your mother involved, no doing harm to your children. And, you know, as long as your woman is not all up in the streets in your same business, then she's off limits as well for the most part. But that one gets kind of shaky. Like, that's kind of like gray area. Things sometimes uh, don't operate like that. Again, it depends on who, you know, like if, if you make an enemy out of the wrong person on this earth, there's no predicting how far they might be willing to go to bring harm to you. I think, I think that was a good answer. That was definitely basically to <clears throat> to boil that down into a sentence is play risky games, be ready to get burned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, yeah. it's, it's a good answer because, like, yo, it's not clear, right? Like, if you were to say to me, like, yo, I watch Bodied. That is my whole fucking reference point for what's appropriate or not because basically that whole movie can be boiled down into what's appropriate or not in battle rap. 
with the the climax of the movie being man's burned his friendship for the sake of the battle and yeah they'll battle again but you burn that personal relationship and then you mm -hmm. got accepted into the you know the click let's say by that move and it makes you question the ethos of a lot of things and a lot of decisions yeah. that get made but it doesn't necessarily say right or wrong because i might interpret that situation in a way where i'm like empathizing one way but somebody else might watch the same scene and be like nah that man played it smart yeah and there's no there's no predicting for everybody's storyline, right? Like there's no like that's why a lot of things happen too. Like um, there's a fight that happened in a battle between Matt Hoffa and Sirius Jones, and like Matt Hoffa, ideally in the public's eye, didn't have a good reason for starting the fight and punch throwing the first punch, right? But like the way he explains it is like yo. He had a bad day, like, you know, like there were all sorts of things that like led to him being on stage and like, you just did the wrong thing the wrong way that just rubbed him the wrong way. And it was just like, yo, you know what? I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that's just it, you know, like that's the way it is. Like, I so, mean, like, there's no predicting uh, for it. Like, you could, like, essentially, Sirius Jones didn't say something in the battle, like, rhyme-wise enough to anger him. It was background things that he did that were enough to anger him, you know? And that, that those things. So it's just one of those things where it's just, like, it's up to you, you know? Like, but it, then there's also a lot of examples. There's way more examples of people saying ridiculously disrespectful things and nothing happens and like guys shake hands after the battle like and lines got crossed sometimes lines get crossed and the guys don't fight but they also just don't shake hands afterwards where it's just like whoa you just said that shit like fuck you like no there will be no handshake like you know so it just depends like it's just random there's no telling really Man, it's like I mean, there's telling, but you know, there's no telling because you could still offend somebody with something else that you do, not actually the things you say. Yeah, apparently that Golden Jenny's remembering a battle with a Norwegian rapper Nils. Nils and skills, I love Nils and skills. Bro. Versus uh, Ron. And Roan used the tragedy with a racist killing with a lot of people in Norway a couple months later as like a, an attack on him in the battle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, lot of examples of like things that is just like, whoa, did they just fucking say that? Like, that's kind of like the, the thing about battle rap. Like, it is that like kind of taboo type of thing, you know, where it's just like people uh, look at it like, whoa, what you did you just say that did you just you know and that's the thing is that it's a question you know like it's up to each person to determine where they see um the line at you know like that's i said a... some people you know might look at like oh talking about your lady is too far and then other guys are like you know they're on that tupac shit like so i'll fuck your bitch like you know get money like it is what it is you know so it's like it's just like it depends on where you know each person draws their own personal lines 
there there might be a thing that you think is ethically morally incorrect that i'm just like bro i guess yeah like, like I, I live in a world where nobody punches anyone in the face you know all of this shit it's so calculated every he super calculated probably one of the like most all of that shit like it's so fascinating because y'all yeah. like basically were like straight up Nah, it's like WWE shit. So I started looking at Daylight and I went down a Daylight wormhole because he's such a fascinating guy. And from a performance angle, Incredi he does stuff. fascinating, incredibly talented. I feel like the bars is the obvious thing about him that stands out. But it's more than that. It's his outfits. It's it's the way that he presents himself. It's the way he commands the crowd. It's It's like he it, takes it to such a level where I was like, oh, that's why people fucking like Daylight. And I didn't know what to like look for before that. And then it was clear because you know, sometimes it's like some stuff is very common and you see what uh, I watched daylight versus mad shot. All right. And that was like a, you can see the day and night uh, of like mm -hmm. the talent sphere right there. If mm -hmm. it counts, I don't really mm -hmm. think mad child is not our people's you guys going to have them. No, we, we don't want them. We were, we weren't the one that made them. I mean, he, he chose, he chose to go. He chose, he chose it. <laughs> He didn't nobody wasn't nobody no no crazy invitation wasn't like Times Square had a had a welcome mad child you know billboard or some shit like that like wasn't nobody over here like yo come over here nah man super not fair enough it might have been some guys like in that necro friendly yeah I mean those guys like yo mad child fucking burns maybe burns I think burns might have invited them. Bugging, crazy. <laughs> that, was, that was that was the best moment. That was a moment. Oh yeah, we are. Yeah, alive. we are still alive. We are still yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, we are still alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. That was still a fucking great yeah, moment okay. for my life. Oh, my yeah. bad if that was. Not the... my study. <laughs> yeah, study. You be alright. Be alright. Nah. But so yeah, like um, I mean the the bad child is super not like uh, but daylight is. Uh, uh, he's he's magical. He's, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, super uh talented guy. Daylight though, right? He represents one of many type of uh types of characters that you can embody type of thing in battle rap. You know, he's like, uh, like gold dust. There's there's there are people that go that far. Like he, like he's not the only one loaded lux is super about showmanship you know like mm. loaded lux when he first came back to battle rap after not battling for like close to a decade um when he first came back and he went to url and this was a battle that like jay-z tweeted about like that like that was the that was another one of these moments that like like when i was talking about with cortez when he had that battle with head ice and um you had styles p and krs and all these judges we looked at it in battle rap of like a very like holy shit, you know, like collectively because it's a community and it became it's become a community, and so like we looked at it like yo fuck like we got these guys paying attention enough that they're willing to show up and judge our battles now, you know, yeah, and then <clears throat> when then when you have loaded lux battling calico coming back for the first time in ten years and Jay Z tweets him in a like tweets basically about him by quoting him, you know, like, it's just like, what? Like, this is, this is another level. Once again, like Jay-Z is now watching what we're doing. And then live in, at the event, Puff Daddy 
and Q-Tip and Busta Rhymes are in the are, are in the like uh, balcony seats and they're like betting like fifty thousand dollars on the winner, you know? And they're like, I, I think it was fifty thousand. I forget how much it might have been. It might have been like ten ten thousand, fifty thousand. I don't know what the exact number is, but they had thousands of dollars ready for whoever won the battle, you know? Like, um, so like it's just it, it creates like this environment, this very exciting sports like environment. Sports like um, is fair. That's a good distinction. I accept. Very sports like environment that no other like faction of like or part of the culture really cultivates like that. It's like you know this uh, sport, and so Loaded Lux shows up to that battle first time in ten years, dressed in a suit, looking like um a like like somebody going to a funeral, and then behind him is a procession of people carrying a casket no to way. like literally a casket <laughs> to like the to the battle stage that's you amazing know? like there's like so like there's like there's, there's no there's no lack of like guys like that but then there's also guys on the other end of the spectrum like Swave Seva who like they don't play none of those games and they look at it very like very much so like that's games like they're showing up and it's like yo I'm I'm, it's about this writing, and I'm about to destroy you with what I wrote. No games, no nothing. This isn't a game. This isn't about dressing up and playing dress up and 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 and, and putting on a show because you think there's wrestling. Like this is very real, and I'm about to talk to you about yourself and tell you about you know you. And so there's also then there's guys that like. You mentioned knows them skills and Roan and like there's guys like Roan where like to them they take a very comedic angle with everything and like what they're trying to draw out of the crowd is laughter more so than oohs and ahs you know um mm. so like there's also there's a range Yo, I there's like a it. wide range and then inside of that you know if you're paying attention to like uh things like rapping itself right. Like you have multiple styles, like uh, like you know, uh, like literally kind of endless. Like you have more options of rhyming style with acapella battle rapping than you do necessarily in music because you're constrained to like musical rules. And in battle rap, like there are none of these like constraints of the music, so you can kind of do more uh, a theatric type of presentation with your writing and your um uh flow and so there's all that then there's like you know some guys are like multis type of rapper and if you're familiar with rapping you understand what multis are you know that it's guys that you know do like haribo karibo when i step, stepped into you and made you poop like mario or some other you know <laughs> going in these uh, 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 it's essentially what Eminem does. Eminem does the same, you know, to him, it's not really about, um, having, um, uh, I want to be careful where, where I'm going with this. Um, I don't want to trash Eminem. <laughs> I don't want to make this personal. <laughs> me, I want to keep it, I want to keep it, um, I want to keep it, uh, A moment uh, Flacco remembered he um, was live on the internet. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not even that it's the internet, right? Like, I don't want people mis like, like taking uh, uh getting upset at what i'm saying because they're a fan of eminem and not like getting the knowledge of like actually what i'm trying to say which is like eminem tends to rhyme in the same rhyming pattern sounds over and over for like uh 
well, like his entire catalog. And that's the way that he approaches music making. Um, and that's the way that he raps. That's his rapping style. And that's uh, the rapping style of a lot of battle rappers. Guys like Disaster. Um, uh, there's, a, there's a whole litany of guys that that's their writing style. Some guys are punchline-based rappers where like everything is kind of like, you know, a, a, a setup. It's about, it's not about like the multis and all these like inner uh, rhyming patterns inside of the bar, but it's about, you know, the rhymes at the, at the end of the bar and making sure that those punchlines just hit on a, another level. So like there's all sorts of ways that when you like put together all these like things that battle rappers can fit into like you can essentially keep on creating like limitless amounts of like styles and like characters essentially you know people that you know you can have a guy that loves to play into the character and he does um punch lines and his flow is very like uh um rhythmic and too like almost a, a beat that's not even there right and then you might have a guy who's like into the drama of it, same as him, but then he's like multi-based and and um very like uh staccato off kilter rhyming patterns and and uh, uh enunciation style. So like there's like a limitless potential with um the amount of like different characters that you can like find like uh likening for in battle rap. Yeah, I think it's way more interesting than people give it credit for. I definitely think that the more you delve into it, the more you can unlock like layers of appreciation. But yeah, I hope that like your yeah. layer was your layer was in the showmanship of it. You were like, now this I am into, sir. A guy with true lyrical talent, but also who's like totally but it, no. But to be fair, I had it. to understand what to look for. So body taught me a lot about bars and intent. I didn't know that, like, yo, maybe it's probably not a good idea to dismember like, every single, like, person. Um, that, that <laughs> But, like, so it's like, okay, sometimes, like, yo, if you rap about guns, per se, you're not actually talking about somebody's life. And I'm like, oh, maybe there's choices here that I wasn't considering when I thought about a lot of the yeah. things that go into this. Also, so Bodied helped yeah. a lot with some of that kind of context, right? <clears throat> but yeah. also how to play to crowds it was something i never realized so sometimes it's not that you don't want to be smarter with it but if you know nobody in the room and they use the character embodied that consistently made he followed every rule of good songwriting but you didn't read the room so everything didn't land but personally i was like that shit's pretty fucking great i get and i'm like oh i get the point you're showing me look read the room motherfucker so on many yeah. levels is that movie layered and like really interesting to communicate a lot of different things to people that are willing to go look for it who want a bit of a matrix into it but even then it's not enough you start watching battles okay you're catching stuff but then you don't realize that a lot of it is i don't know maybe nobody likes it but if you're trying to translate something to people that don't understand you do need simple ways to explain it but a lot of it's like wwe that shit's not not fighting it's just not fighting it's just not yeah. you know like you're you, you know sometimes they actually hit each other but sometimes yeah. they don't <laughs> okay like it's like yeah, yeah. like so, you know, sometimes like you know like man, i said it has a very any given sunday like uh vibe like that's the that's the thing about battle rap like there's really no predicting who's gonna win like a guy and i liken it to um 
Yeah, I like how I like how I I Julio put it. It's scripted, not fake. And I feel like while battle rap doesn't have a scripted outcome, maybe there's still the same level overtones of like, yo, this is an understood thing everyone's engaged in. That's that's more what I mean. Like, yo, people in wrestling when they do their promos or boxing ahead of time or all of these different things. When you're watching these men do their hype up promos i'm certain like in general like everybody knows what they're doing even the violations are understood you know like oh he crossed the line yeah. of course they knew he was gonna cross the There's line contracts. they're banging on that There's shit contracts in this. and like i probably shouldn't be saying it like but like the truth is i always mocked the contracts because i'm like everybody's too poor to afford to sue each other what the fuck are you suing for like what what like, you can have a contract and he breaks the contract and it's like Okay, what now? You're gonna sue him for what? Like, <laughs> a lot of these guys, not not everybody is, is um, you know, not everybody is the popular guy who's feeding his family off of it. A lot of a majority of these guys are doing this in their spare time because they love them, you know. Mm. So like, uh, and maybe they might, or some guys are doing it because they're looking at it like their opportunity to get to a place to make money off of it, but they're not really making money right now and they don't have a job. So it's just like, what, you're going to sue him for what? Like, he, like, <laughs> doesn't have anything to give you. So, like, you could sue him, but, like, what's the point of that? You're just going to waste more money. Um, yeah, I've, I've like, thought about know. that too. That's why I'm not necessarily worried about it. Usually if you're in a position to get sued, you're also in a position to deal with a lawsuit, usually. In that world, you know, usually you have money because people are going to Google your net worth before they're going to bother with a lawsuit. I've not been that way. I mean, then again, I'm certain you should worry to a degree and not act completely carelessly with your actions. I'm not trying to advocate for that, but I'm also not in the States. So, I mean, I say all this where I understand it's very hard to sue me outside of small claims court in Canada. You can sue me in small claims court. And I'm like, okay, I suppose that's fine. If it ever came to that, we can deal with $1,500 or whatever the fuck it is. But you can't, like, sue me, sue me. You'd have to sue whatever entity that is a company that is doing well enough to sue. I mean, I don't know. I've never heard of anybody, like, personally suing a person in my life. It's never actually yeah. happened in, to my knowledge. So I know it's like a thing in the States, which I don't often think about, but I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I don't know how expensive it is. I don't know how viable it is. It's like a completely foreign idea to me, literally. You know, I mean, I, the contracts are essentially just in place to like, hopefully, you know, bind people to the word of what everything got agreed upon, you know, and hopefully they don't violate that, you know? But, I mean, even when they do, you know, like, uh, most times the reason that you don't get sued is because, like, you're probably, a like, if if you're in a position to get a contract signed with one of the major leagues, URL or KOTD, then, like, chances are you're doing this seriously. Chances are if you're doing this seriously, you're battling on either one of those platforms. If you're battling on either mm. one of those platforms, you're probably going to battle on one of those platforms again. And... Uh, you know, if you're going to battle again, like it, it'd probably be better off for you to just, you know, like give that person a break, give them maybe opportunity to work it off. You know, you can work it off. You can show up to this event and battle for freeze, which you could do, you know, to make up for, you know, doing this uh, fucked up, uh, whatever might've happened that broke the contract, you know? That's fair. 
Oof, sometimes you run out of steam. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to say in this moment. I'm not going to lie. I feel like my energy levels is totally not where it was all the hours ago. But I think this was mad interesting. I think it's a good episode. Um, I don't know if anyone else has comments now or questions, but it would be a great time to like throw in your last questions you want to ask before we all part ways on this very Saturday. But um, definitely thank you again uh, for making a lot of this happen. Like A lot of this is happening um, specifically because of you. You know, and all of the work you're doing. And I don't know how much people really know that, but just to put it on wax, without you, there's, this isn't a thing. Even, like, if everything I'm doing in my life correlates back to your hand intervening in some way or another. So it's it's it's, yeah. uh, it's much appreciated with that. <clears throat> um, have you heard uh, of no loaf music? Um, no. Yeah, me, me neither. Ismail, what is loaf music? You can tell us about that. And, uh, yeah. Collective uh, from New York. I'll look into them. Fair enough. Um, there's definitely a lot of people out there. But, yeah, on that note, yeah. thank y'all for, for watching, for real. Appreciate y'all. Um, I don't know. Again, we will be through all that. I'm being repetitive. But, yeah, I don't know what else to say at this point. Thanks, everyone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start the raid on my side so y'all live thank long you, and prosper and everything. Yeah, who is Mers? Well, we'll find out if I'm allowed to raid Mers. I am allowed to raid Mers. Oh shit, I'm gonna go raid Mers. Who the fuck knows? Lily, 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 bro.